What is up, kids? Welcome to Saturday morning. Well, technically, we're taping here on June the 22nd, but the weekend edition, as always, hits Saturday morning, June the 25th. I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. Welcome to Sports Frenzy 2.0, the weekend edition, where we will tell you what to listen to, what to watch, and what to avoid at all costs. And maybe where to take a vacation. There we go. First up, as always, music, music, music. We've been promising this one for weeks. Dave and I finally have our reviews of the new album from The Fix, the first album they have put out in 10 years. Every five seconds. So, after last week with the Michael Schenker group, I know Dave said, <laughs> there's Pass. no way, there's no way The Fix could be worse. And it's not, it's not, it's much better. But I just found it funny that Dave was comparing the two in terms of, I just want something better. <laughs> it was better. Was it my cup of tea? Not particularly. That's what I was worried about. Is It's more my style of music. It is. The 80s new wave type of music that I loved. I love the cars. You know, the, I loved old fix stuff, Reach the Beach. Um, yeah, one I, thing I've leads liked, to another. I like some of the fixed stuff from the 80s, but not everything. I was not the biggest fan. I was I was into the fix for about those four or five years when they were huge with Reach the Beach. Yeah. So um, that being said, this album, I enjoyed it to a point. I did. It was mellow, kind of relaxing. It is, it is there. Don't expect one thing leads to another or red skies at night. No. It's not, it's not going to give you that. They don't have that, that signature breakout song. Right. On this album. There are some songs where you hear the typical, I don't know how, what you would call it. That, that very sharp guitar riff that yeah. they, they are trademarked for. Yeah. Um, you hear that on three or four songs. Um, I would say as we go through, now first first track, A Life Survived, is again, like you said, mellow. But it's like that classic mellow sticks that I... Or sticks, fix. Fix, yes. Fix and sticks. Yeah. But... It didn't hook me in. But it was okay. I didn't hate it. There was nothing on here I hated. Let's put it that way. I had one that I didn't like. I had one that I didn't like. Um, but I, I did like A Life Survived. Then we get into three songs that we've reviewed already in the past. Yep. We get to Closer, Take What You Want, and Wake Up. Those are all pretty solid. Yep, they're decent. Great, great quote from closer that I wanted to bring up, especially for this day and age <laughs> as Cy Kernan sings, I'm overdosing as the penny drops kind of fitting for what we're going through right now. Yeah. With all the crap going on. 
Wake Up is probably the closest you're going to get to a prototypical fix song. Yeah, I would agree with you on that for yeah. this whole album. Now, song five is the one I didn't like, Suspended and Make Believe. Yeah, that lost me. It almost sounded it like the kinda, fix trying to do eh. Soundgarden. Yeah, it did not work. Um, song six, I did like a lot. Lonely as a Lighthouse. Great guitar riff. That was that one was pretty good. I enjoyed that. I did like Cold. Yeah, Cold grew on me. It took me about three or four listens for Cold to grow on me. Yeah. Same with Spell, the next song. Those two, I didn't necessarily like them at the beginning, but after the, I listened the more to you them, listen to them, they kind of grew and became stronger. Right. Now, Women, Woman of Flesh and Blood, we've talked about in the past. It's okay. Yeah, it's... Never ending the final song. Now, of course, we're talking about 10 tracks, which shockingly harkens back to the 80s where albums right, were... Right, where they were 10, five yeah, and five. 40, 45-minute albums, 10 tracks. Yep. Shocking. Never ending was kind of fun in that it had that acoustic hook, you know. I I I got the impression, I looked up what does every five seconds mean? And I couldn't get a clear, concise reason or, or what does it mean? Does it mean every five seconds somebody dies? The closest I could find is every five seconds a child dies of hunger. Hmm. So I was trying to find out what they meant with every five seconds because the album seems to have an overwhelming feel about mortality. Yeah, it did. I mean, and a life survived, wake up closer, um, suspended, never ending, lonely, cold, woman of flesh and blood. The whole album seems like it's an exploration of the Something. latter stages of life. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't go that far into it, but I can see where but you, you were, delved you into. You were like writing essays on Michael Schenker last right. week. <laughs> so you have this week your essay. So Yeah, I did not do the deep dive in into the Michael Schenker group last week with Universal like Dave did. So we swapped week, roles yes. this week. This week I'm saying that the fix are doing their mortality exploration with every five seconds. Again, that's why I was trying to figure out what were they going for right. with the title of the album. But that being said, I like the album to a point. I'll give it two and a half frenzies. I really thought, for the most part, it was a solid album. It's not great, but it's a lot better than a lot of the stuff we've listened to lately. <laughs> it is. And even though it's not my cup of tea... I can appreciate what they were going for, and I had two and a half as well. There you go. There you go, kids. Something we might listen to again, but not necessarily in heavy rotation. Right. You you will. I may listen to a song or two here and there if it comes up. So our song review of the week might make Dave a little <laughs> bit happier. Get all up in it. The first new music we have heard from Jackal in years. Oh, my God. 
beautiful. Did you watch the video? I did not watch the video. I'll have to go back for the video. Yes, you have to watch the video. Typical Jackal, as if you would expect anything else. Oh, my God. I loved it. It was classic Jackal. It's got that that refrain that gets... It's an earworm. And... It's it's everything you would expect from this crew. Not even the the main refrain. But no, the secondary. The one. secondary one. Another round of mother funka. <laughs> oh god, that's what Jesse James Dupree and the boys are so good at. Jesse and his dope smoking hippies, who we hope to see finally again, again in November, COVID free. And we damn well better be able to go because my oldest boy is able to go for the first time to the bar. As is my daughter. So we're Ugh. hoping to make this a true family reunion. reunion. Oh, my God. That would be awesome. Yep. That'd be the first time we, in three years, have seen them breaking a streak of, what, five in a five row? Five in a row. So. COVID hit. Then COVID hit again. Again, because I got sick. Yep. Damn it. So. Yep. We have got a group of eight that we are going to take down to the eight second saloon on Black Friday to see the great and another glorious. round of Mother Truck. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. I, I, Get all up in it gets three and a half for me. Exactly. That's where I'm at with it. Three and a it's half frenzies. Awesome. Check it out, especially if you're a Jackal fan. Yes. The video again, typical, typical Jackal. Yeah, we would expect the boys nothing having less. fun. The boys are just having fun. We need more Jackal in this day and age. Yes. Yes, we do. Less PC crap. Rock more me, Jackal. Roll me. Jackal me off. My daughter and I recently did a little uh, contest to come up with our favorite song names of all time. And I bowed out on one because I didn't want to... Offend, offend her. her, but I was going to go with my moonshine kicks, kicks your, your cocaine's, cocaine's ass. ass. <laughs> What's offensive about that? I thought that was, God, how was that not one of the top ten greatest titles song titles ever. of all time? It's perfect. And it's a great song, too. Of course, for us personally, bad news this last Thursday, of course, it always hits. When we're always. done taping, when we're done taping, is when it the always big hits. headlines hit. It's frustrating, kids. Last Thursday, we are taping the weekend edition. Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Poison, and Joan Jett opening up their huge stadium tour in Atlanta, Georgia, through rain, thunderstorms, wind. Def Leppard, the pictures, look them up. They look like they are a drenched, hot mess. But the worst news of all to come out of the opening night is that Tommy Lee has four broken ribs. And what's 
funny or all the rumors of how it happened. That I don't know. <laughs> I have not heard. There's there's lots of speculation on what happened to him. One of them includes getting into a fight with Barry Manilow. <laughs> no, but, I but, thought. But but the but what we have to go on, I think the truth would be what his wife posted that he fell down the stairs carrying suitcases, that he lost his footing. I actually thought you might be going with the whole Marilyn Manson thing where he tried to break his ribs so he could actually (laughs) perform oral sex on himself. (laughs) And given the legend of Tommy Lee's member, (laughs) two on each side might just do the trick. But we'll go with the suitcases. We'll go with the the suitcases. suitcases. (laughs) Personally, I kind of like the fight with Barry Manilow. Yeah, that'd be fun. That would be fun. It it would be like the whole Happy Gilmore scene with Adam Sandler and Bob Barker. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just... I'm torn on this, Dave. What are we supposed to? Are we supposed to wish him a speedy recovery? Well, but are we supposed to say stay away from the drum kit and screw everybody else for the next two months because Dave and I are going to see this extravaganza in mid-August in Indianapolis. We want Tommy Lee to play the whole set. We have almost the same crew going to see this show that we are taking. To Jackal. Right. But we want Tommy Lee to be healthy and play the entire set when we see him. We do. The thing I'm not liking is he's going out and playing three songs and then bowing out. No no offense to Tommy Clefetas. I hope I'm not butchering his name. Longtime session drummer. Played with Ozzy Osbourne in the yep. past. He's been the guy stepping in and playing the majority of the Motley Crue set. You trade one Tommy for another. Tommy Lee's been playing two or three songs, playing the piano on Home Sweet Home. You know what? Keep playing the piano on Home Sweet Home, because that's not going to hurt you. But what I'm saying is, he should not be playing he drums not at all. He should not be drumming Selfishly, so we get to see the full Tommy Lee set. Harumph. Exactly. Give the majority of the people down the line the true crew effect. We don't need to see a gimpy Tommy Lee. No, no, we do not. It's bad enough we're going to have a half-voiced Vince I have not heard anything bad about Vince yet. Yeah, it's early. (laughs) It's early. I'm worried by the time August rolls around... The Bumble is going to be scraping the bottom with his voice. They've got John Karabi and uh, Sebastian Bach on speed dial. <laughs> I would hope so. I know you want Sebastian Bach. Sebastian Bach would be freaking phenomenal. That would be fantastic to hear him shout at the devil. We got a little taste of it last year. We did. Which is where we probably got the COVID. Probably. Gah. 
the week before the Jackal show. And Billy Idol. And now, back-to-back nights. But we don't want to regale you with our tales of woe. Nope. We will move on. Segment two coming up. Our movie reviews. Mostly Your me. movie reviews. Yes, Dave was on vacation this past week, wedding anniversary, so I will have a couple movie reviews for you. I will give you a review of where you could possibly go for a vacation. And book reviews. Book reviews as well. So we're bringing back Literary Frenzy this week. Yes, we each have one. That's right, kids. Stay tuned. Get your bookmarks ready. We'll be right back. Hey kids, ready for a blast of dairy goodness? Pick up Sports Frenzy 2.0 milk at your local grocery store. Remember, when you drink Sports Frenzy 2.0 milk, you're not only enjoying a healthy treat, you're helping to locate missing sports heroes of the past and present. Our cartons and jugs feature pictures of Peng Shui, Ryan Leaf, and Sammy Sosa as we do our part to find the lost icons of the last 30 years. And don't forget our special weekend edition chocolate milk containers available on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts because they feature celebrities like Lindsay Lohan, Helen Hunt, and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Pick up a gallon today. Hey kids, welcome back to Sports Frenzy, the weekend edition. You can hear us on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, Castbox, and Stitcher! I'm the Conquistador Dave Height. I'm the Maestro Kevin Crane. And here we are taping June 22nd, and this is going to hit on Saturday the 24th. 25th, 25th, right when we are just getting ready to tailgate for the Billy Joel concert extravaganza, which we will have a full review of next week on the weekend edition. Taking place at Notre Dame Stadium. That's if we're sober enough to remember the show. Yeah, that's It's going to be a long damn day. Eight or ten hours of drinking before. Holy mother of God. Yes, luckily we've both seen Billy Joel before, so yep. I just the way you are. Da 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 da. Bottle red, a bottle white. <laughs> I just yeah. want to have sex tonight. <laughs> That's what we're going to sound like. It's still <laughs> rock and roll to me. <laughs> Doris Day, Gary Grant, someone sticking in my pants. <laughs> oh, I didn't start the fire. Pull my finger. <laughs> we love Billy Joel. That's why we're going, but it just seems kind of mean <laughs> what we're doing to him. Yeah, but you know that's what half the crowd's going to be like. <laughs> Because, you know, 
we're going to be responsible and pace ourselves through the day. Notre Dame opens the parking lots at 10 in the morning for an 8 p.m. show. (laughs) What do you expect is going to happen? It's worse than a football game. The football games kick off at 3.30. Except for the night games. But at least with the football games, they still don't sell alcohol in the stadium. They sell alcohol in the stadium for concerts, kids. People are going to be, like they were at Garth, puking in the stadium. Although that's nothing new in the student section. You didn't tell me. Did you tell me about the puking at Garth Brooks? Yeah, and there's always did. somebody who gets sick at a ah, the big shot, did you? I got your <laughs> All right. Time to move on to movies. Dave is deflecting because he does not have a review this week, but he will give us a vacation hotspot here in That's a few minutes. That's right. Somewhere to consider going. Something different off the beaten path. I have two reviews for you this week. One Dave might catch up on next week, probably depending on how he processes my review. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And it's not bad. I watched Spiderhead on Netflix, just debuted last Friday night. Chris Hemsworth, Miles Teller. I thought it, it looked like a spy movie, but it turns out it is a almost like a clockwork orange type of... Oh, God. No, 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 no. Okay, no, I never should have said that. Not that extreme. But it's one of those experiments you're dealing with a facility called Spiderhead. Chris Hemsworth is in charge of it. And I got to give him credit. He does a great job. He is the highlight of this movie. He is an egotistical charismatic kind of like a Elon Musk type guy who is So he plays this. somebody smart versus his normal surfer dude. Well, they made Thor out to be. Yeah. <laughs> it's very cool how he pulls this off where he is trying to find a drug. But the thing is he wants what a drug? new drug. He wants a new drug. One that won't make him sick. But what kind of drug does he want? One that makes him feel like he feels when he's with it. Huey Lewis is not in this movie, by the way. No. But, yes, he is trying to... I don't want to spoil anything for Dave or for you guys. He is trying to find a specific drug that will do a specific thing. Don't they have that with Viagra? You're just ruining this for me (laughs) because you didn't watch the movie and you went on vacation. Hey, I'm trying to have fun with this. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? So, he's got Miles Teller and Jesse Smollett's sister, Journey Smollett, is in this too. Oh, God. There's strike one. I'm not going to hold it against her because there's no political, you know, PC crap going on here. Um, Which, thank God, that actually gives a thumbs up in that respect to this movie. Um. So Chris Hemsworth is trying to find a specific drug to do a specific thing, but he's deceiving all these people who are inmates who have volunteered to come out of Gen Pop at other 
prisons to go to this swanky facility called Spiderhead, where they get to roam free, eat pretty much what they want, do what they want, except they have to partake in these experiments involving these drugs. <clears throat> After you get past that, which is, I thought was kind of interesting, kind of an interesting premise. And again, Chris Hemsworth does a really good job as the, I don't want to say maniacal, but he's off. He's a little <laughs> off, but he's Chris Hemsworth, good looking dude. You know, he's like that, that hunky dude who's kind of psychotic. <laughs> so he's trying to run this experiment, deceive everybody. People know he's, some people know what he's trying to do, what he's trying to pull. How can they beat him? How can they overthrow his command and get mm -hmm. the hell out of Spiderhead? That being said, it was okay. It was okay. Uh, it's felt like I'd seen this somewhere before. It didn't feel original to me, if that makes any sense. So it was kind of an amalgamation of a couple of different films. Right. It just, it didn't feel like something completely brand new. Outside of Hemsworth bringing a little twist to it in his acting and what he did with his role, it didn't feel that much different from a lot of other kind of experiment thriller type movies we've seen before. Hmm. So I'll give it a strong two frenzies. Okay. Not terrible. Not great. It's only about an hour and 40 minutes, so it's not. So if I get bored playing with my Father's Day gift GT7 and I'm looking for something to do late at night before bed, maybe pop I'm it glad in. glad you, you added on GT7. I was worried where you're going to go when you were talking about, well, if I get tired of playing with. My father's day gift, GT7. <laughs> now, the other review I have <clears throat> is mine and mine alone, exclusively. An exclusive Sports exclusive. Frenzy Weekend Edition. You got Maestro the free review. rental on this Yes, one. God bless Peacock and this <laughs> free rental program they've been giving me. So at least I get one recent theatrical release to watch every month without having to subject myself to actually going out to the theater and dealing with the denizens of the world. <laughs> this one, of course, don't judge me. Don't you judge me. Judge him all you want. Is X. Yes, the horror thriller X, which, of course, revolves around, in 1979, the making of a low-budget, cheap porno flick. And, of course, they choose the wrong place to rent. <laughs> oh, because there's a film. psycho slasher involved? It doesn't look like that at first. It's a kindly old couple who they rent the house from, the outhouse from, the secondary house from. Not an outhouse. No. No, very nice little secondary house on these. Kind of like the carriage house that prop. was turned into. There you go, carriage house. Nice term for it. But of course, they're going to film 
doing the nasty. And there are complications, of course, that ensue. And there are crocodiles involved, alligators. Oh, God. (laughs) Um, Alligator, alligator, teeth like a saw. Eat me, eat me, raw, um, raw, raw. It's graphic, not... Sex graphic. A little sex graphic. A little sex graphic, but... But the violence is much more graphic. Oh my! Um, there is a little bit of the graphic sex stuff. Brittany Snow, I am shocked. She actually really, yeah she she puts it all out there for the world to see. You know, actually a halfway respect respectable actress, right? Um, Putting it all out there. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, there are some, I think, computer enhancements involving the male lead. <laughs> <laughs> um, considering the fact he opens the door at one point, and I think his member almost touched his ankles. <laughs> But other than that, the guy was great. He was a former Marine. He he goes out to try to help in a search situation that doesn't end well. Don't worry, ladies. The member doesn't get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, X is okay. It's, it's not the worst horror movie I've ever seen. It's not the best. It's not the worst slasher movie I've ever seen. It's not the best. There are moments that are actually kind of tense and chilling. And there are other moments where you, of course, do the palm slap really? to the forehead where you go, really? Yes. Why do you, why are you doing that? Don't go in that room. Don't go there. Don't look there. Don't do that. Why are you going to hide behind the chainsaws instead of going to the running car where you can escape? Yeah. Yeah, basically that Geico commercial. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, the alligators are interesting. They come into play a couple points in time. Um, there's a supposedly shocking plot reveal at the end that really doesn't come off as shocking. Um, if you've seen any horror movie in your life, you would figure it out. Yeah, it's not even it's not even that. It's just not that interesting. Nah. Now I will say this: they make the porno crew out. You got three women, three guys. They all end up coming off as really nice people. Believe it or not, <laughs> I was kind of upset that they got killed off because they're actually really nice people. <laughs> They're just trying to make a porno, people. They're just trying to make a living. Come on. They were nice. They were never. They never did anything disrespectful. Come they on. Paid their bills. Paid for the gas. Paid for the the groceries when they stopped. I mean, they were they actually were really nice human people. people. They just boned for money. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Then again, everything goes to shit. So there you go. Another two frenzies. Again, not terrible, not the best. 
If I had to choose between the two, I probably would take Spiderhead just because it was a little bit more creative. There you go. Even though I gave both two frenzies. For different reasons. Vacation time, Dave. Tell vacation the people about time. vacation time. All right. The Mrs. and I, 25th anniversary, decided to go to pretty much the middle of Michigan. Kind of between Flint and Saginaw, if you look it up on the map. A town, Frankenmuth, that they call Little Bavaria. Founded by German settlers. Home of Bronner's, the biggest damn Christmas store you have ever freaking seen or heard of. It's a couple hours to go through this place at a minimum. But the whole town has that Bavarian German Alps feel to it. Really kind of cool. A lot of little shops and everything. Great freaking food. They have Zenders, which is world famous for their chicken dinners. And they've been serving them for damn near a hundred years coming up close to. And we went for dinner and the our waiter asked if we wanted to see the lunch menu. And we're like, um, no, we're here for dinner. And we're looking at him like, all right, wait a minute, dude, come on back. So what on this dinner menu do we get with it? What do we select? He goes, you don't select anything. You get everything on there. We're like, how is one person going to eat all that? Bring us the lunch menu. <laughs> and it was still almost too damn much food. <laughs> it was crazy. But no, it's just kind of a quaint little town. Very relaxing. They've got a paddle boat. You can do the river tour. Kind of cool. Expect to do a lot of walking. Um, a lot of different hotels and motels up there. A few of them have some water parks, little slides and things for the kids to do, but it's not bad. It's from where we're at. It's about a, was about a three and a half hour drive. Um, couple hours from Detroit. Uh, if you're rich and have the money, they do have the Frankenmuth airport. If you want to fly your private plane in there, <laughs> but Kind of a fun little town. So, well worthwhile. Very relaxing. A lot of good food. A lot of good drinks. A lot of good craft beers up there from local breweries around the area. So, so you're up there enjoying yourself with craft beer. And I'm watching movies about chemically enhanced criminals and porno flicks from 1979. Yeah, pretty much. Well, that's sports frenzy for you. <laughs> so, but there you go. Staying with one of Dave's true loves, literary frenzy, our book reviews for the week. Yes. So, what did you finally finish? Yeah, one of the eight books I will read this year. <laughs> Have to go back a few years. Not the last Happen Leonard book, but the one before was Jack Rabbit Smile. 
So Joe R. Lansdale's great duo, Happen Leonard, yeah, who we love, love Happen Leonard, miss the Sundance Ugh. Channel series immensely. Um, Jack Rabbit Smile is good. I don't think it's the best Happen Leonard that I've read. No, um, it's kind of generic. I I didn't really like any of the other characters. I was just Hap and Leonard are the ones that I'm focused on. The rest of the characters really didn't do much for me. You know, the bad guys, the other they were law enforcement people. Blah. There really wasn't that foreboding like a vanilla ride or somebody some character to, to, to make things they interesting. They didn't have the ultimate evil that they normally right. do. They had with. the professor in this who was not even close to being a a really interesting villain. No, he wasn't. It was, yeah. He was kind of lame. Yeah, there were a couple interesting action sequences, um, but it was almost more about who happened, Leonard, we're going to kill the, the sheriff knew. That would piss him off. Yeah. Somebody um, that had to go. Yeah. Somebody he was related to. Who um, was a scumbag. Yeah. And the whole story revolves around a woman who's a numbers genius, an accounting whiz, who's got a, she's beautiful, but she's got a overbite. So she has quote unquote, a jackrabbit smile. Um, it's hard for me not to give a happen lettered book, a good rating. So I will still give this a week three frenzies just because I it's love happen Leonard and Leonard, especially in this one is really good. He seems like he's having a specially bad couple of weeks in this, <laughs> in yeah. how menacing he is, but yeah. um, it's not one of the best. No, it's not, but, but it's I still entertaining. It. I did enjoy it. Yep. It's still entertaining. All right. It it took me longer than normal because I've been trying to renovate my basement and doing a lot of other things. But after about a month, five weeks, I finally got through James Rollins' latest Sigma Force book, Kingdom of Bones, where... It's post-pandemic, but there's something else breaking out in the Congo. Another disease something spreading through because of all the torrential monsoons they're dealing with in the book. And calls for help, and Sigma Force comes in. This one... Typical Sigma Force, there's a lot of historical background to the story and a lot of science-based things to give you the background. But it's unbelievable action stuff that you come to expect from Rollins. It didn't disappoint. It wasn't the best of the Sigma Force books, but it wasn't the worst this one i'll give it two and a half so where the guys the team is split up some trying to find the ultimate place where the cure could be the old 
Kingdom of Bones, which ties into the old King Solomon's mines and the city of gold there buried in the Congo. While everyone, the other part of the team is dealing with a mining magnet who's got a god complex who wants to run everything, who's hidden the start of the spread of this disease, trying to find the cure on his own so he could be the great savior and rule everything. So classic good versus evil. It's worth a read if you like Gray Pierce, Kowalski, Tucker, his dog Kane. If you like the series, it's worth reading, but it's not the strongest. Man, I think we let people down this week. We, you know, we we picked two books from series that we love, and we kind of said, eh, these aren't the strongest books in the series. Right. Which happens. It happens. Which happens. Authors go through those moments. Which happens. So, and this, this was a longer one for a Sigma Force book, which, again, usually if it hooks me, I'll fly through it. I liked it, but it didn't engage me enough to drop everything to finish it. So We have to make it a point next time to review books that will get the kids <laughs> reading. We can't give them a milk toast review like this. It is what it is. We stumble upon those once in a while. Yes. It's like life. That's right. There's the good. There's the bad. You don't always get lemonade. Sometimes you get lemons. God damn it. Or you just get something middle of the road. Yep. Even your best authors will give you something mediocre once in a while. Not terrible. Not awful, mediocre. Mediocre. Not up to their normal standards. Yep. But that's what we're here for. Every once in a while, every month or two, you will get literary frenzy, and we will tell you, again, as always, <laughs> not only what to watch, what to listen to, but what to read. Yep. Hopefully, in the coming weeks, I'll have a few for you. I am right now reading the Final Girl Support Group by Grady Hendrix. Are you now? Yes, I decided to go that way instead of with the more serious way that I know you wanted me to go. The James Lee Burke. Yes, the new James Lee Burke. See, that is like... He needs to go back and do a robo show. I don't care about the Holland family anymore. That I don't is actually, care. That is actually fourth in my queue I love what James I Lee Burke. He's my favorite writer, but he's got to stop the Holland fixation family. with the Holland family and go back to Just Dave Robichaux and Cleet. Dave and Cleet. That's what people want. That's why Dave I decided to read Cleet. Grady Hendrix instead. Grady Hendrix is like the new Chuck Palahniuk. Oh, God. Well, no, he's not that out there. He's actually writing in a more linear way, but his ideas... Obviously, the final girl support group, all about all the women who have survived the horror movies, quote unquote, of the 80s. But he's taking it as if they happened in reality. All right. There we go. So if somebody survived the Halloween movie, the Camp Crystal Lake, Nightmare on Elm Street, all these women are in a support group. All right. Interesting. 
So, so I far, await the review on that. Yes, couple weeks away. Well, couple months. Who am I fucking kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I might have three by then. Shut up, Dave! If I'm lucky, Shut we'll up! See. All right, we've got TV and streaming coming up. The latest episode of The Boys we have to review. We do. Some wrestling news, but this will actually, I think, intrigue Dave. This is not normal wrestling news. And then, of course, we, dumbasses. We've got some deep discussion, maybe. I don't know. And a lot, again, just like the normal Sports Frenzy edition this week, lots of moments of silence. So yes. hang out, kids. One more segment, about another 30 minutes, and we will let you enjoy your weekend. But you're listening to us, so how are you not enjoying things already? Dave and I will be right back. In the fortress of solitary justice, two brave men hold the fate of the sports world in their hands. With the utterance of a single word, FRENZY! These seemingly ordinary men become the maestro and the conquistador, destined to save the world from stupidity on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Apple, and all noble podcast hosts everywhere. Dave and Kev stand for truth, justice, and the frenzy way. It's streaming time on Sports Frenzy 2.0, the weekend edition. I'm the Conquistador Dave Height. And I'm the Maestro Kevin Crane. Here we are taping June 22nd, 2022. This will hit Saturday morning, the 25th, letting you know what to watch, listen to, read, and where to go. <sighs> Streaming time, our review of the weekly episode of The Boys on Prime, Season 3, Episode 5. I still don't know what's going to happen, but somebody has got to take Homelander down. Homelander. Who is it going to be, though? Will it be Soldier Boy? Will Will it be Butcher? Or will it be Huey? Will it be Starlight? Or will it be a wild card? Starlight. She's getting pissed. I admire the fact that she does not want Huey to partake of the temporary V, but... But Huey has been downtrodden for so long. And he and Butcher are, dare I say, addicted? I think they are addicted to the power and finally being on par and able to compete... And level the playing field, and Huey really wants to save Starfire or Star- Starlight, but she doesn't want that. No, she doesn't want him to go down that road. She just wants him as him, but he wants to protect her because he couldn't protect his last girlfriend. So there's that whole but dynamic of now. She looks at it as she couldn't protect her last boyfriend, technically. Right. Which we saw last week. Yeah, because Homelander's a raging douchebag. And the only thing that scares me, 
Now, of course, we've got season four coming. So mm-hmm. if Soldier Boy and Homelander join forces. Oh, it's over. It's I over. don't know how it's you beat those over. two. I don't care how much temporary V you've got. That's. Especially Soldier Boy now, after being in the hands of the Russians, is basically a thermonuclear bomb waiting to go off whenever he wants. Yeah. That's not a good situation for everybody. And when you have one of your team losing her powers, was it Kimiko? Yep. And then Frenchie has been roped back in to the Russian mob. Ugh. Because Butcher effed everything up in Russia. In MM, we don't know where he's going to go. He's got his hatred for Soldier Boy, but he but, also doesn't like the temporary V stuff that Butcher and Huey are indulging in. And then, of course, this week, I alluded to it last week, we had the legend. The legend. <laughs> Paul Reiser was awesome. Paul Reiser, of course, now can say he was in both the boys and Stranger Things. Yep. Good for him. Good, Good for, for his him. agent. Jesus. No kidding. Way to get that. Good for Butcher to get some super. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Him and Maeve, as, 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 Homelander said, I can smell the stink of butcher all <laughs> over you. <laughs> but, you know, as episodes have gone lately, this one was fairly mild and tame. But I think that's just a teaser because I think we're in store for mass debauchery in episode six, if everything that I've heard is correct. And we will not give anything away. We will wait and tell you what happened. That's right. But again, the boys does not disappoint. Nope. Now, I did indulge in the first two episodes of The Old Man. Jeff Bridges on FX. And my instincts were correct. This is almost like an old John Wick type of situation Ah. where Jeff Bridges plays an old asset formerly stationed overseas had made friends with the wrong types of people while still being connected to America in terms of the CIA Thought he'd gotten out, thought he'd gotten away. Just wanted to go off into that good night. And of course, they, they track him down. Suck you back in. They track him down. They try to kill him, put him on the run. And then, of course, it turns into just like I said, another John Wick situation where he's just trying to get away. Just be anonymous, live his life. Let me live my life in peace, but if you won't, you'll lose yours. Yeah. John Lithgow plays his former handler who gets drawn back in. He's great. Does a great job of trying to tell everybody you don't want to do this. You don't want to bring this 
asset back into play. We've trained him to eat things that would make a billy goat puke. But of course, you've got younger, younger people who are saying, "No, well, we'll take care of him. I'll take care of him. I'll, I'll eliminate the problem." So it's kind and of like Gao's basically saying, "You don't know what you're getting into." So basically, it's Rambo meets Red meets John Wick. He's got two awesome dogs, though, as opposed <laughs> to one with John Wick. The old man has, Jeff Bridges has two unbelievable dogs. <laughs> great, great dogs. Nice. Loyal, fierce. Deadly. Deadly. The uh, first two episodes are fantastic. Love them completely. Looking forward to more. I don't know. If this is going to go past one season, I don't know if it can. I don't know how long they can stretch this out. You know, sometimes one and done is fine. So maybe but sometimes you need to know if they turned left or right. <laughs> well, Dave, I've got good news for you on that front. Not terriers. We'll never know what terriers. We'll never know what terriers. But... Killing It on Peacock has been renewed for season two. Yes! Yes! I can't remember if we talked about this earlier. Joe Pickett on Spectrum and Paramount renewed for season two. There you go. And the brand new AMC show Dark Winds, Tony Hillerman. Right. Lee Porn and Chi already renewed for season two. After two episodes. Two episodes and yep. it's... Wow. Yep. So... We've got a lot of good TV that's going to be out there here for the next year or two that we'll be able to review for you. Good stuff, kids. Yep. I have not caught up on Dark Winds yet. Uh, Picket, I am caught up on. Still waiting for the season finale. Do you need confirmation on a character yet? Not yet. yet. I'm going to wait till the end of the season, and then we'll discuss. All right. Then we'll discuss. Will you tell me which character? When the season's over. All right. When the season's over. I have to talk about wrestling because I find this fascinating. This is not anything to do with actual combat in the squared circle. But, of course, Dave and I last week alluded to the Courtroom shenanigans? Yes. The controversy with Vince McMahon, the $3 million payout. The hush money to his younger lover who he hired on, gave a raise to for giving him a raise, told Laurinaitis to basically take her, do with her what you will, not in that way, but, you know, give her a job. Yeah. Push her somewhere away from me. Right. Vince McMahon is in his 70s. God bless Vince McMahon because he is living by the sports frenzy credo of don't fucking apologize for anything. <laughs> don't you dare apologize. So what does he do after all of this hits the fan? He comes out first thing on SmackDown Friday night, struts out there. Yeah. And basically just says, hey, everybody. WWE's forever. Welcome to SmackDown. (laughs) 
And then what does he do? Monday night does the same thing. He comes out <laughs> Monday night, not not at the beginning, but about 20 minutes in. He comes out and says, hey, next week's John Cena's 20th anniversary. Hope you're here for it. See you later. <laughs> He's basically saying, you will not bury me on this. You will not destroy me on this. And again, this is he's, my. He's in his seventies. What the hell's he got to lose? Exactly. You know, he might as well have come out and said, "Yeah, I paid her three million not to talk about it. I got laid. What do you care? <laughs> I'm seventy years old, <laughs> and Shut I'm up. still doing it." So, in a way, I actually admire. Kind of admire him. Yeah. Kind of a douchebag way to go about ending things i don't think it's over i don't think it's oh no this is this is just getting started now we talked last week about stephanie mcmahon initially the rumors were she was stepping back now because of this she's got to come back in she's taking over as the ceo so she Mm. must have loved this power must have loved dad coming out there and going hey everybody uh, not gonna say it but i got laid <laughs> three million bucks most expensive ever <laughs> let's see dan snyder top that baby <laughs> jerry jones i got your stuff right here <laughs> There you go. All right. Time to move on. Unfortunately, from that bit of levity to our moments of silence. Most of these are kind of personal for me. So Dave will have to bear with me. Start off with wrestling again. Um, Two longtime WWE referees passed away here in the past few weeks. Tim White and Dave Hebner. Both passed away. And you got to remember the fact that on the live shows, there are very few referees. They like to keep that in-house. Oh, yeah. There's only one or two or three referees every Raw, every SmackDown. So Mm. there's not a huge number of on-air referees. Right. Tim White and Dave Hebner were both big-time on-air referees for WWE. So thoughts and prayers go out to them and their families and their friends. Brett Tuggle. Fleetwood Matt, keyboardist. David Lee Roth, Roth, keyboardist. Keyboardist as well. Co-wrote. Just Like Paradise. Yes. Ugh. Yep, Brett Tuggle is... The co-author of David Lee Roth's biggest hit. Yep. Just like Paradise. Thoughts uh, and prayers to his family and friends. Do you remember Duckman? Now Duck it was Man. an you probably remember if you do it all, the old I think it was on USA Network. It was the uh, animated show Jason Alexander from Seinfeld. Voiced Duckman. Vaguely. Duckman was a politically incorrect character. I have the entire series. It's great. Um, kind of a. How are the Duck knockoff? 
it was like Beavis and Butthead, kind of like trying to be politically incorrect humor in the animated realm. So Everett Peck passed away. He was the one that came up with the original comic book concept for Duckman. Hmm. And then, of course, finally, seems like we've had a lot of people from the comic book realm passing away recently, and this guy was a legend. One of the greatest Batman artists of all time, Tim Sale, passed away. Oof. Uh, Go online, look at some of Tim Sale's unbelievable work. I believe The Long Halloween is what he's most well-known for. Yeah. Great, great, unique Fantastic artist. Yep. So, thoughts and prayers to the friends and family of Tim Sale. All right. I have three dumbasses to wrap up the weekend edition. There you go. I may have one. We'll see if you have the one that coincides. Well, this one won't because this one's personal. This one requires a little bit of explanation because I hate Facebook. I despise Facebook. I despise social media. I despise everything that social media does to us. And I have lost friends on social media and I don't. Believe me, what you hear me say on Sports Frenzy, I do not put out there on social media. All I do is I try to have fun, do some rock and roll stuff. I don't even post pictures of vacations, anniversaries, birthdays. I don't do that. I delved briefly into politics and I lost friends over it. One of the friends I lost is actually a Hollywood actor. He starred in Breaking Bad and Under the Dome. His name is Dean Norris. Dean Norris went to school nearby here where we tape Clay High School. In Indiana, same place I went. And he has turned into a raging Hollywood douchebag. And there was a couple years there where I was friends with him on Facebook. And, you know, he put stuff out there that was funny and interesting. And then, of course, Donald Trump got elected and he lost his shit. Because he lived in California. And it's never gotten any better. So eventually, I had to stop following him and dump him as a friend on Facebook because he was just becoming such a militant, left-wing idiot. Well, things have been quiet for a while, but this will tell you. When Fox News is reporting on Dean Norris tweets... That'll tell you he has gone way too far over the edge. Dean Norris is telling all of us who are bitching and pissing and moaning about gas prices to STFU, which of course means shut the fuck up because we're all out there 
preaching and loving capitalism so much. So it's our own fault that gas prices are high because we all love capitalism and can't get enough of it. So what does that mean? Does that mean Dean Norris wants to become a communist? Is he a socialist, a fascist? He, of course, is trying to say that because it's a commodity, because of supply and demand, that's not what the gas prices are about. And if he had half a brain, he would know that is not what dictates gas prices. It's not supply and demand. It's all the damn speculators. It's the companies manipulating to drive prices up to increase their profits. It sounds well and good what he wants to say, but it's wrong. And again, the problem is all these Hollywood idiots want to act like they've got advanced degrees in poli sci. Oh, just go, economics. Buy, go buy your electric car and you don't have to worry. Well, yeah, that's great, except if everybody gets an electric car, it's going to destroy the American power grid. And not to not to even talk about the fact that now the average cost for an electric car is over sixty thousand dollars. The American the average American family cannot afford that. And I still, still say those cars are not reliable. If one of the batteries dies in them, the cost to fix them is unbelievable. Well, that and the batteries are not good for the environment either with all the chemicals and everything in there. So what's worse, all of that or fossil fuels? They're equally bad for the environment. You're going to have to deal with the devil you know or the devil you don't at some point. You guys want to play this game in Hollywood where I want to go with the devil that we don't know? Because it's the cool thing to do right now? Really? Speaking of another another Hollywood asshat, my buddy... Sitting on the wing on the sports frenzy plane of doom, Stephen Colbert. Strapped to the gas tank. Trying to rationalize, figured out why his staff got detained at the Capitol for being in an unauthorized area. And of course, he finds a way to blame Trump for it. Including such a stupid fuck. Including the idiot who I've never understood why people thought he was funny, who does the triumph the insult dog. Oh God, that's stupid. Robert Smigel did cartoons back on Saturday Night Live that were not even mildly funny. He was one of the ones that were detained because they were in an unauthorized area of the Capitol. Gee, you shouldn't be in an unauthorized area, you dip fucks. But of course, again, Colbert's got to sit there and go, well, yeah, the Capitol Police were fine and nice, but it's all Trump's fault. Trump's the one that caused all this. Trump's the one that led the insurrection. I swear to God, 
I want you on the plane of doom. I want to watch as the plane takes off, and I want to see about three miles out on the horizon when the plane explodes and dives to a merciful death for all of you in the ocean. I want to know they're getting ready to do on CBS their big to-do about the insurrection, the whole behind-the-scenes whatever. When are we going to get the full news coverage of all the frickin' riots in Seattle and Portland and everywhere else that caused more damage, more deaths? Dave, Dave, I'm going to have to find you $100,000 for that. Because that's what the Washington Commanders did to Jack Del Rio. So I want an, I'm fining you $100,000. Suck my balls. <laughs> I want equal coverage. What happened everywhere else caused more freaking damage and problems than what happened in D.C. at the Capitol. And it was ongoing and longer. This was one day. Everything else was ongoing for weeks and months and it's still ongoing in some areas. Yeah, but with the insurrection, Nancy Pelosi couldn't get out to get her hair done. No, she couldn't get her next bottle of frickin' wine. No, that's her husband. Both of them. She <laughs> drunk it. Who do you think wanted alcohol in the Capitol got that passed? Nancy Pelosi. The Pelosi's are a bunch of alkies from what I understand. We're going to lighten things up for our final dumbass. Well, maybe. Maybe not. I think you'll like this. Coming to Broadway in 2023. Back to the Future, the musical. Why? 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 The best part is, I saw a tweet, a comment about this. Makes it all better. Makes it all better. This is the one time, one of the few times where I'll actually applaud social media and the creativity out there. Somebody said, when they saw this news story hit, said, so let's hope before 2023, we get back to the future for... And they go back in time, and they stop <laughs> the, the people from doing Back to the Future, the musical. <laughs> oh, God, we can only hope. I thought that was fun. Oh, that's good. But yep. the music, no, just stop. Again, stop. come up with new ideas. Why are you making musicals out of all these old movies? Come up with something new. Come up with something different. Oh, God. I am so freaking tired of this. Dave's having my aneurysm. head's about to explode. That you from the stupidity. It's time to wrap and dumbassery. Next week, we will have our review of Billy Joel live from Notre Dame Stadium. Dave might have his review of Spiderhead if he decides to watch it. Yep. I will have my review of Beavis and Butthead to the universe. That's on Paramount, isn't it? Yeah. Bastards. 
And we will also have our review of Netflix's Woody Harrelson, Kevin Hart debacle, the man from <laughs> Toronto. We'll do that one as You're well. just thinking it's going to be a debacle. It might be entertaining. I don't dislike Kevin Hart, and I don't dislike Woody Harrelson. I just have, again, no faith in Hollywood. I have no faith in Hollywood. There we go. They'll find a way to, to dumb it, it down to make it PC stupid crap. There you go. All right, kids. We'll talk to you next week. He's the maestro. He's a conquistador. Looking forward to talking with you next Saturday morning. Enjoy Take care. the weekend. Say ya.